Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Minute Maid Park in Houston. It's the Cleveland Guardians 6, the Houston Astros 1. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And I know what you're all thinking. How does this team lose two games to the Reds? How do they split with the Tigers and then come down to Houston and kick their butts? How does that happen? Who, what team is this? Well, that's apparently the team we're dealing with, a team that you know falls to its competition or rises to its competition. We'll see how the rest of the series goes, but this is a very good start uh, down in Houston to get game one of the series. So let's get into the storylines of the game. The other thing you're thinking, I'm sure, I'm sure we're all thinking this, is what happened, Luke Maley? What, Lukey Barrels, what happened? You were only hitting doubles. The whole season you've hit nothing but doubles, and what, you come out and hit hit three singles? How could you let us down like that? I thought you were going to be Lukey Doubles. And instead, three singles on the day. He goes three for three with three runs scored and a walk from the ninth spot in the lineup. My God, you, you want to win a baseball game, have your ninth spot in the lineup. Get on base four times. Score three runs. I mean, that, that'll that definitely set up an offense right there. He's hitting 333 with a 941 OPS. I know Austin Hedges is the prime catcher on this team, but do we have to give Luke Mabley some more at-bats? I kind of feel like we do. I can't. I kind of feel like, yeah, we do. We definitely got to give this guy some more at-bats somehow. I feel like it's been a long, long time since we've seen him play. So let's get into the actual storylines of the game. Of course, I'm being sarcastic with Luke Maley. It was a very good performance from him, um, despite no doubles. Uh, so let's get into the actual storylines of the game. I thought the pitching matchup was probably the biggest storyline of the game for me. Uh, Tristan McKenzie going against Luis Garcia. Garcia with that funky delivery, right? He tries to throw off your timing. He rocks the ball, rocks the cradle a little bit. Um, and I, McKenzie wins this matchup. He absolutely wins this matchup. Garcia goes five innings pitch, gives up five hits, four runs, only two earned. The defense definitely let him down a little bit of his own defense let him down. Two walks, four strikeouts for Garcia. He did give up a home run on 85 pitches, and he's hard hit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. On the other side of things, McKenzie goes seven innings, only gives up three hits, one run on a solo home run, one walk, three strikeouts on 95 pitches, and he is hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. So definitely was hard hit. Neither pitcher was really dominating with strikeouts. And if you go over to their CSW numbers, Neither of them were really dominating with CSW. They were just putting a lot of balls in play. Um, The whiff rate for McKenzie is only 22%. His curveball had a good whiff rate. 15 swings on the curveball, 7 whiffs. That's a 47% whiff rate on that curveball. Pepper in some called strikes, 9 called strikes with the four-seam fastball. It's only a 24% CSW total on the day for Tristan McKenzie. So like we said, not not a lot of dominant strikeouts. Not really dominant, uh, racking up strikes, but keeping the ball in the strike zone and really, you know, inducing weak contact on some of these things. He was hard hit a lot on his fastball. They averaged 91.9 miles per hour off his fastball, but only 77.4 off his curve and 88 miles per hour off of his slider. So uh, doing a good job there. And then the same thing for Garcia, not huge CSW numbers. His best pitch was his changeup, but he only threw it nine times. 
He mostly went fastball cutter, 41 fastballs, 27 cutters, going with the hard stuff. Both of those CSW numbers are in the 20s. It's a 24% total CSW on the day for Garcia. So why was McKenzie so effective? Well, frankly, he got a lot of ground balls. Got a lot of ground balls, hit to the left side, hit to Ramirez, and hit to Jimenez at shortstop. That's right, Jimenez playing some fine defensive shortstop once again. Um, yeah, he got nine ground outs to four flyouts for McKenzie on the day. And that's not typical of McKenzie. He's not necessarily, the numbers don't say that he's necessarily a ground ball pitcher by any means. Uh, he's more of a strikeout guy probably than anything. But uh, he has a pretty average for his batted ball profile for 2022 and for most of his career actually for his whole career it's pretty balanced 32.9 percent ground balls 32.3 percent fly balls that's a pretty and it holds true this season that's his career totals this season it's 35.4 percent ground balls 38.9 percent fly balls i don't know if that is updated after yesterday's game in houston but as you can see, he's usually pretty balanced. And in this game, without the strikeouts, without a lot of swing and miss happening, uh, he's able to get a lot of ground balls. A lot of them were on that breaking stuff, on that slider, on that curveball. Uh, the point was he was attacking the zone, though. The fastball is attacking the zone. The curveball is painting the bottom of the zone. The slider is painting the bottom of the zone and the glove side, the outside edge for him. So a really good job. He was very aggressive, attacked, had commanded that fastball, uh, had commanded those breaking pitches, and was rewarded with a lot of ground balls out of it. It was either a ground ball or it was a fly ball to my, uh, Miles Straw in center field. I, I swear, I don't know. Um, in fact, I could pull up the uh, spray chart here. I don't believe there was a single fly ball caught by the right fielder or the left fielder uh, in this game. I, I believe Miles Straw might have caught every single one in the outfield. So, uh, yeah, a really interesting game. McKenzie does tend to give up stuff up the middle that is in his profile. Um, maybe not as much. Yeah, a little bit this season more than average. 43.4% uh, straight. Uh, balls being hit straight up the middle. Uh, a little bit above his career average, which is 3999 uh, whereas they only pulled the ball 35.4% of the time this season. So you can see a significant difference there, and it kind of holds true in this game. He gives up a ton of fly balls to center field. doesn't give up. I mean, you know, they're out. Records a lot of outs in center field on fly balls. Uh, so, yeah, so it was a really good job from Tristan McKenzie. Definitely wins this pitching duel. I mean, the three hits, the uh, the single doesn't end up hurting him. The double doesn't end up hurting him. Altuve's double doesn't end up hurting him. Even though uh, poor, poor Ahmed Rosario tried to make a leaping catch at the wall. McKenzie was even teasing him. Since the run didn't you know, mean anything, since the runner didn't come in to score, in the dugout, they got a great shot of McKenzie teasing him and his jump and his leap at the wall. Uh, basically encouraging him to hang in there and keep, keep trying. Keep trying, Ahmed Rosario. He still does not look comfortable at all. There was a point where Miles Straw called him off, and they were both charging in on a ball. I think it was another Altuve pop-up. And uh, Straw calls him off. And the look on Ahmed Rosario's face is almost like, oh, thank God. <laughs> That's a, It does not instill a lot of confidence out there in left field still. But it is a work in progress. His bat is still in the lineup. His bat would prove effective 
Uh, he would drive in an unearned run. You know, it doesn't count as an RBI, but he definitely would be the cause of an unearned run coming in to score. Uh, he was one for four on the day uh, before being replaced defensively by Oscar Mercado eventually in this game. So let's get into the offense. And the offense, man, some crooked numbers on the board. That's always fun to see. Crooked numbers are always going to help you win baseball games. And it was a little bit of small ball. And it was a little bit of bad defense by the Astros. And then in the fifth inning, it was a little bit of big ball from uh, Jose Ramirez with a two-run home run. I mean, he had a monster day offensively. Two for five with two extra base hits, the double and the home run. The double in the first inning doesn't turn into into anything. The home run comes with someone on base. So it's a two-run home run. Um, A run scored himself. Four RBIs on the day. I'm surprised he got credited for RBIs in that seventh inning because it was... It was an error that kind of let them come in, although it's not credited as an error because they did record one out on the play. So let's get into it. Let's start back in the third inning here. So Ahmed Rosario comes up with runners on and uh, runners on first and second, and he chops one back to the mound. What are you going to do? He chops one back to the mound, and Garcia turns to throw to second base and just... I mean, just fires this thing out into center field. I mean, was what, like two, three feet right of second base? I mean, of it's as little league as little league gets. Uh, so a run comes around to score on it. And uh, the runner, uh, Straw, moves all the way up to third base. And uh, I mean, Rosario hustles into second base. It was Luke Maley who came in to score. Uh, so yeah, so a throwing error leads to the first run of the game. Now, this is crucial from Jose Ramirez, right? He had just crushed a double in his first at-bat. You're gifted now. You're gifted a situation where you got a runner on third, less than two outs. You know what you got to do. You got to put the ball in play. And this is, I mean, Ahmed Rosario and Jose Ramirez are perfect examples of this all night. You have to put the ball in play. The game before, the Tigers game, right? Um, uh, Fermil Reyes comes up with the bases loaded. He can't put the ball in play. We waste a perfect opportunity with the bases loaded. Ramirez, all he does is hit a ground ball to first base. That's it. That's enough. I, I'm actually surprised that there wasn't an attempt to throw home or anything like that. But they legitimately just sacrificed the run for the out and uh, played back on it. He runs the Guriel runs the first base and you know tags out Ramirez there, the force out there, and Straw comes in to score. So we're kind of given two runs in this inning. It's kind of beautiful small ball by the Guardians getting on base, putting the ball in play, seeing what can happen. The old adage, all you got to do is hit it. They have to catch it, throw it, and catch it again. And Garcia stumbled on step two of that process. So the Guardians are able to put two across there. Then in that fifth inning, let's go to the matchup. I want to see where this pitch was that... uh, that Jose Ramirez hits. Jose Ramirez, come, Ramirez comes up with a runner on, and he finally gets one out. It feels like the Guardians have been like having warning track power for the last few days, and uh, finally Jose Ramirez is able to deliver uh, a big, big home run. Uh, actually, I take that back. Josh Naylor, Josh Naylor was able to hit some home runs, uh, but that's about it. Jose Ramirez. Gets a changeup on the outside edge. So he starts him off with a curveball in the dirt. Misses with another curveball down and in. Just barely. Uh, he swings through a changeup at the bottom of the zone. And then comes back with a changeup up. He gives him a little bit of elevation at this one. That first changeup is actually 
just below the knees that he swings through for a strike. This one is on the outside edge, but he puts it up at the belt. And Jose Ramirez turns on at 99.4 miles per hour, 409 feet to center field. I thought the center fielder for the Astros, um, Siri, I thought he makes a leap for it at the wall. I honestly think if he goes full Kenny Lofton, puts his foot in the fence, actually pushes himself up on the fence, he actually might have a play at this ball. But just leaping, he's not able to get up high enough, and it goes for a home run for Jose Ramirez. So that was a big shot. I mean, a 2-0 lead against an offense as good as the Astros, not so comfortable with a 4-0 lead, that felt pretty good. That felt pretty good. And then in the seventh inning, things get nuts in the seventh inning. So the Guardians are able to load the bases. Once again, it's Luke Maley leading off a rally. He singles through uh, the right to the right side to Kyle Tucker, moves up on a wild pitch. Straw draws a walk. Ahmed Rosario singles a sharp single into center field. They have to hold Maley at third. What are you going to do? It's the catcher running. Um, and then that brings up Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez, again, putting the ball in play, you never know what's going to happen. He actually chops a ball into the shift. Uh, Pena's over there. He tags out uh, Ahmed Rosario running to second base. But in the process of tagging him out, it throws off the timing. Jose Ramirez is hustling like crazy, beats out the throw. The throw is actually in the dirt. Oh, so they do credit uh, Pena with the throwing error here. Um so the first run is probably earned. The second run here is unearned. Um, so yeah, so Ramirez delivers in two runs. What should have been a double play. It should have been a one run, right? They were giving up one run for the double play. Turns into one out and two runs coming in to score. So it's a huge job by Ramirez there to drive in those runs. So, yeah, so Jose Ramirez doing a fantastic job of, you know, doing what he has to do to put the ball in play. That's not always going to work. Sometimes that's some, most of the time that's going to be a double play. Most of the time what Ahmed Rosario did earlier would have been a double play. But if you put the ball in play, you never know what's going to happen. That's what the bat bip is all about. You know, the true outcomes, the strikeout, the home run, and the walk. Those are the things you can control, but they don't necessarily go in your favor. It is very hard to get the home run in that equation. Putting the ball in play, a lot of things can happen. You never know when luck, it, you know, the baseball gods are going to be on your side. And in this game, they were. They absolutely were on Cleveland's side in this game. The fact that Ramirez is able to beat this thing out and the throw is in the dirt anyways, he would have beat it out, though, uh, even if this throw isn't passed. The error is what lets the run come into score. It's not what let Ramirez be safe at first. He hustled and beat that out. And then Ahmed Rosario, you know, putting it in play. Uh, it's good heads-up baseball by everybody moving up a base on the error, getting themselves in position for a rally. So a bunch of crooked numbers from the Guardians offense, and then the Guardians bullpen is able to shut things down. Sandlin, it was a little iffy, does give up a hit and a walk, but a strikeout helps once he had two men on base. And then Henches is actually able to come in and clean things up. Henches getting a high leverage situation. That's pretty cool to see. And he handled it. He handled it well. He gets us out of the eighth inning. And then Classe does what Classe does, three ground balls in the ninth inning to end things. In fact, he shared the wealth. One went to Ramirez, one went to Owen Miller, and then one goes to Andres Jimenez to end the game. 
So a uh, good job by Kase, really spreading the wealth around the infield there. Um, yeah, the bullpen does a great job of slamming the door. Uh, as opposed to their bullpen, which gives up a bunch of hits and gives up a bunch of runs. So uh, it's a big Guardians win. I think this is a pretty big win for a team that, for a fan base that wasn't quite sure what we were seeing all of a sudden. You know, we're losing to Detroit. We're losing to Cincinnati. Is this team, is this Guardians team belong down there with those teams at the bottom of the league? Or do they belong up here with the Astros, you know? battling for the playoffs, you know, being a winning team. So uh, it's going to take us some work still to get back to 500. It's going to take some work to get back over 500. But this is a huge first step. I mean, you got to feel good about this team a little bit better after this game. All right. I think that is all my thoughts. I know it's a little bit of a quicker episode, but that is all my thoughts on this one. MVP for the day. Oh, man, there are a lot of candidates here. A lot of candidates. I gotta go with Tristan McKenzie, though. It was just, it was such a solid start. It was such a strong start from him. He has just been a, he's a fantastic pitcher. Of all the guys we've traded away over the years in different packages and things like that, and McKenzie's name got tossed around a ton. I am so glad we hung on to this guy. He's so much fun to root for. He's so much fun to see out there pitching. He's unique. Um, yeah, he's just a unique, his, his delivery, his build, it's just, it's a very unique to see him out there, and uh, he's got such a great personality, you cannot help but root for this guy, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully he does stick around for a long time, and pitches a guardian for a long time, so he gets the win, uh, moves him to, what's his record now in the season, three and three on the season, but uh, it's been some good stuff. He's progressively, um, you know, gone deeper and deeper into games. He was the one that they kind of, uh, I don't want to say babied them up, but kind of. I mean, they were the easiest on him when it came to the amount of pitches he was throwing and building him up. You know, they kind of spread him out the longest, where they were a little more aggressive with, say, like a Bieber and even Quantrill uh, and uh, Plesak. But they, McKenzie, it's paying off. He's really hit a groove here in May. So it's good stuff from the Guardians. All right, that is all my thoughts on this one. Um, one, one thing, just one thing about Guardians fandom, and I, I know I know most of you aren't on Twitter, and, and thank God you're not on Twitter because most of the time it's a terrible place. Honestly, would not be on there if it was not for promoting the podcast. Um, like, there's this discourse of, like, Oh, this is what the lineup's going to look like in three years. Or is it? Can we move Valera up already and things like that? George Valera, the minor league outfielder who's crushing in Double A right now. I think the Akron Rubber Ducks might be the best team in the organization right now. They are fantastic. I actually think they play for free. You might be able to catch them for free this weekend on MLB.milb.tv. Um, but there's this like rush to like just get these rookies up here and, and make it happen already. And always, always the next guy churning through to the next guy. That's not exactly how baseball works. I mean, you used to not know as much about these minor league guys until all of a sudden they were here and they were rookies and you were like, all right, what's this guy all about? Now we have so much access to these guys, to their data, to the, to their highlights. And even though for some reason they still can't film a major a minor league baseball game well. Every minor league baseball game 
might as well be your your local dad filming a peewee game. I, I don't understand how they can't film a minor league baseball game well. But there's this like rush to like flip this whole thing over, and there's still so much we have to figure out about the guys already here. I mean, just enjoy baseball. That's the point, you know. That's one of the reasons I started this show. It's just we got to enjoy the games. That's how I used. That's how we used to view it as kids, right? It didn't even matter who was in the lineup that day. We didn't obsess over the lineup. Give me nine guys out there on the field. Let me see my team play. I'm just happy for the game to be on. I just love enjoying a baseball game, a Sunday afternoon game, a Wednesday afternoon game while I'm working, a you know a Thursday night game while I'm cooking dinner. I just love the game being on. So. Calm down a little bit with this rush to churn through the minor leagues and bring, you know, there's some people that want the top 10 prospects in the minor league system to be the starting lineup, plus Jose Ramirez. There's still so much to figure out about where Owen Miller, where Josh Naylor fits. Is Andres Jimenez the true shortstop of the future, or is Gabriel Arias going to steal that post, or is Tyler Freeman, or, you know, so many other names but just let's let's play with this team for a little bit and see exactly where this whole thing is going to shake out. Most of these things don't shake out until June or July when you get towards the trade deadline and maybe some pieces move. It opens up some roster spots. There's still so much to go here. So show a little patience, please. Show a little patience and just enjoy baseball. You're not if you're obsessing over this stuff, you're not actually enjoying the game. Let's go back to enjoying the game. I hope I hope those of you that listen, the morning people, I feel like you're probably in that crowd that enjoys the game. So it was a good one. It was a one to enjoy down in Houston, and we're going to run it back again tonight. Uh, another 8-10 start for those of us in the Eastern time zone. Uh, it's amazing how that one hour makes such a difference. It's going to be Valdez going for the Astros, and it's going to be Plesak going for the Guardians. So we'll see what he can do. One and three with a 4-4-2 ERA. I have not been a fan of Plesak so far this season. It just I know he's had a couple of starts where he settled down, but there's also been some really shaky stuff in there. So we'll see what Plesak can do. Can he I mean if he wins this one, we win the series. Uh the the Wednesday game would be a bonus with Quantrill going against Javier. Uh so let's see what we can do. Let's go win the series right now. Let's do it, Plesak. All right, that is all my thoughts on this one. The final again from Houston. It's your Guardian 6. Those Astros won. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>